in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Good morning. I am Pastor Davenport with Spiritual Awareness. Welcome back to our broadcast. I want you to remember this. You know that Jesus is before us, behind us, always beside us, and we are surrounded by Almighty God. Praise the Lord. You know, we are living in a day of unprecedented spiritual attacks by the enemy here in America and around the world. The spirit of the Antichrist is rising amongst us and be becoming more brazen on a daily basis. The Holy Ghost warned, warned us through Paul's letter to Timothy and these times would come. We're seeing it in the streets of America and around the world. More and more America is divided against these, in, these, in these political times. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 2 Timothy chapter 3, unholy, evil men and seducers getting worse and worse. And we are seeing these, these things happening all around us. And yet, we cannot take these, these scales of the dragon from our eyes and see what's going on. We think it is a time of, of political division, but it is not. It is the way that the devil is attacking, not against spiritual things, but against, against it's not a, a, a flesh and blood attack. It is against a spiritual attack of the devil. These spiritual attacks are not something new. Although the Gospels we read, the spiritual attacks causing some people to act like wild animals, to kill others, and even to try to kill themselves in the streets of America. The, the, the streets are running red with the blood of our children. And that's not surprising, since we know that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I have witnessed spiritual attacks because people in this city and around here, as well as against me and against this very church, this very broadcast. I remember years ago at Gospel of Faith Church, Francisco and Maria had a frantic call at 2 a.m. in the morning. Her eyes had rolled back in her head, stiff as a board, murmuring incomprehensibly. They didn't call 911 because it wasn't a seizure. Or convulsions. It was a spiritual attack against her. You could feel a heavy, dark presence in the room where she lie. If you can't sense those things yourself, don't criticize her or doubt those who can. We began to plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this woman. And soon that spirit left that house and Maria sat up with a puzzled look on her face, looked at, at us and said, when did you get here? Where have you been, Pastor? She didn't remember a thing. Here this woman was, eyes rolled back in her head, foam coming from her mouth like a, a rabid animal. I have been attacked verbally, physically, my health, financially, and spiritually. 
this church, Gospel of Faith, has been attacked with gossip, with spirits that, that try to come into the church and stop our worship and our praise, had guns pulled on us, actually the trigger pulled and misfire. Again, if you're not able to sense that when it's happening, don't criticize me when I say I sense that when it's happening, the discernment of the spirits. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Try the spirits, whether they be good, whether they be from God, proceed from God. The Spirit of God doesn't make you sit and be quiet during worship services. The devil does that. The Spirit of God can cause the rocks to cry out in praise and worship. Hallelujah. Good morning and welcome to Spiritual Awareness with Pastor Davenport. <clears throat> we are a non-denominational prayer ministry called to serve our God around the world. You know, God never tried to hide the fact that the church that we would be involved in would be a spiritual warfare. But he told us very clearly that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against principalities and powers of darkness and spiritual wickedness, and we need your help. You are called, my friend, you are called to be a shepherd of prayer. On my Wednesday night, my Wednesday night, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. And God said he, Jesus said he was called to be a shepherd of the flock. And I said in my Wednesday night study that those of you that are shut-ins, those that are, of you that are, are unable to attend a church right now, I called you to a, an action of prayer to be shepherds of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today lifting up all those that are shut, all those that can't get to church, those that, that are being uh, uh, under a, an attack of, uh, of those principalities and darkness, those that are, are being held back from worship and praise, those that are, are being just plummeted with attack after attack after attack of the devil, told they cannot worship or, or praise the Lord right now because of this COVID-19. That, that is a tool of the devil to hold us bound and gagged to stop our, our praise and worship of our Heavenly Father. And I rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus, devil. I rebuke you. And I say, get the hints from God's people right now in Jesus' name. And I pray that every person that is in the, in the sound of my voice right now, I, I enlist you into the army of God to become a shepherd of prayer, a prayer warrior, a prayer partner. Become a shepherd of prayer and begin to join with me at the 11 o'clock hour of every single day to become a prayer partner, if you will. A shepherd of prayer to pray for the salvation of the lost around the world. That we can shut this, this warfare of the devil down. He's dividing this country with this political warfare that we're going through right now. Open your eyes, Christians. Saints of God. 
Open your eyes and see what the devil is doing right now to us. Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever you might be, open your eyes and see the division that the devil is causing us over this issue of political warfare in our country today. The rioting, the stealing, the looting, the killing of innocent children and innocent people. See what he's doing. Do you understand what God is trying to show us in these scriptures? God has never tried to hide the fact from the church that we would be involved in spiritual warfare. But he told us very clearly that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against principalities and powers of darkness and spiritual wickedness. God told us that again in 2 Corinthians 10 and 14. For though ye walk in the flesh, we do not war after flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A lot of times when the saints in the church get attacked spiritually, they act like they don't even know what to do. That old saying, you fight fire with fire, hallelujah. We have to fight fire with fire in today's world. It's the same principle in the spiritual realm. We're fighting against principalities and powers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. How do you fight against those spirits? With the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through our Lord God. What is God? John chapter 4, verse 24. Look it up. John chapter 4, verse 24. God is spirit. Hallelujah. Yes. Spirits are attacking people in this world today and spirits are attacking people in the church. What do we do? We fight back with spirit. Amen. We fight back with spirit. I have a very good friend, a very good friend up in Portland, Oregon. And he said that he was in the street. He couldn't get away from it. He was in the streets and he said people were looking. Their eyes were, were, were just beaming red like demons. If satanic spirits can attack people, then the Holy Ghost can attack people too. The Holy Spirit can go after them. Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Ghost filled 120 people and made them speak in languages they didn't know. The Holy Spirit filled a man that had denied Jesus three times and made him lift up his voice and declare, this is that. The Holy Spirit filled the new converts and made them self Sell their possessions and give to the poor. Acts chapter 8, the Holy Ghost filled Simon the sorcerer and made him a believer. Acts chapter 9, the Holy Ghost filled Saul of Taurus and converted him into a preacher of the gospel. Acts chapter 16, and the Holy Ghost filled the prison and delivered Paul and Silas and saved the jailer and his family. Glory to God. If you can believe that satanic spirits can attack people and cause them to do things they normally wouldn't do, then why, why can't you believe that the Holy Ghost can do the same thing? It can anoint people. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Glory to God. If satanic spirits are going to attack, then let the Holy Spirit of God anoint you and you can fight back with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let the Lord arise 
and his enemies be scattered. You need to get this revelation and start praying that the Holy Ghost would fill you and your family and your neighborhood and your community, your workplace. And if you can do all that, let us let the Holy Ghost fill America once again. Can you give God praise right where you are? I want you to know your city and America once again can be filled with the glory of God. Jesus said, behold, behold, say it with me, behold, I give unto you the power over all the power of the enemy. Why can't we accept that? Whatsoever that you bind upon this earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever they loose upon this earth shall be loosed in heaven. Glory to God. We do not have to sit back. Whew, hallelujah. Let the spirit be anointed. We do not have to sit back and let satanic spirits destroy our lives, our cities, our nation our families, our cities, hallelujah, or our churches. What is wrong with God's people when our, when our churches are shut up tight? Right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, begin to bind those satanic spirits that have been attacking and loose the Holy Ghost to go upon the attack of Satan. In Jesus' name, I pray this, and I receive it in Jesus' name right now. Release God's houses of prayer and let us go back to, 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 to attacking the devil as we used to in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Somebody give me witness out there in, on this broadcast. Somebody in the world shout amen right now. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Well, glory to God. Guess I need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, one of the most important things that we can understand as believers is that we're in a battle here, especially in these last days. The moment we come to God, we find ourselves engaged in an unceasing battle for our very souls. Because of that, we're called to be soldiers in this war. Endure harness as a good soldier. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, we have a passage critical to understanding how to succeed as a warrior and win the battle over our enemy. Now, people say to me all the time, oh, pastor, come on. Really? Well, Paul gives us four things. First, he gives us a soldier's charge in Ephesians 6 and 10. Unless we heed the, the charge to be strong, we'll cave to temptation and lose the war. Yet our strength isn't human strength, but the strength that comes from the Lord. The Lord, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 27 and 1. And in Zechariah 4, 6. With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It's not by might nor by power. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Say that with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. In John chapter 4, verse 4, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. And the second thing is the soldier's enemy, Ephesians 6 and 11. The enemy is the devil and the wiles, deceit, trickery, craftiness, are the method and strategy that he uses to try to defeat us. 
Many can't imagine the reality of a real devil. That's because the devil's allowed history to, to paint him as, as a horned uh, guy in a red suit. You know, if there's one thing that, that is evident is that there is an evil force that has access to the spirit of man in his soul and can influence and enslave him to do evil. Third thing is, is the soldier's welfare, Ephesians 6 and 12. This verse conveys four important truths about the enemy. One, that he is powerful. The thrust of his verse stresses enormous power of evil that stands against the believer. And if you really analyze your life, you're going to find that. And that his, his, his warriors are, are numerous. These principalities, these, these powerful rules, rulers of, convey the idea of a large number of struggling against us. And the other thing is that the devil's forces are organized. These principalities, these powers, these rulers point to an organization of spiritual forces with an enormous authority, position, and power. It also speaks of rulers of darkness. Darkness refers to the ignorance of truth, whom they blind the minds of mankind, lest we believe the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it speaks of spiritual forces of wickedness. You see, they desire the dictation that, that, and worship that is due God. They want to take that away from God and give it to the devil. See, the devil, the, the, the battle is for our soul. It's for our very soul. And a soul is eternal. They want our eternal soul. We were made in the image, in the image of God. And thus, that's the reason for the battle. And four, they spoke of the soldier's duty, Ephesians 6 and 13. The reverse of that is true. If you don't put on the whole armor of God, you won't be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the Bible says. And he mentions the evil day when, when that's when the enemy is launching an all-out attack. It's called Armageddon. If you don't have the whole armor of God, you won't stand when the enemy comes rushing in like a flood. See, our only hope, our only hope is to stand in that evil day is to put on the whole armor of God. And the armor of God is for every person, everyone. Paul says, finally, my brethren, it is not just for the preacher, but it is for all the saints of God. Put on the whole armor of God. All in its entirely, containing all of its elements. That ye may be able to stand, remain in upright position on your, on your feet, to take and maintain the position or attitude. To win the battle, each and every one of us has to take the whole armor of God and strap it on. That means putting every piece of the armor on before you wade out into this battle. Even Jesus armed himself with the armor of God, Isaiah 59, 15 through 18. Why? Because he divested himself of his heavenly privileges and was living out his life on earth in human bodily form, encountering the same things that you and I face every single day. He, being in the form of God, made himself of no reputation and took up on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, Philippians 
2, 7, and 8. If Jesus as man chose to be clothed with this armor in order to live out his life in obedience and victory, how much more do you and I need the same armor? Jesus Christ is the whole armor of God. And this armor is the very characteristics and attitudes of, of attributes of God himself. Each piece is nothing more than the manifestation of Jesus Christ in our lives. Loins girt about the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The breastplate of righteousness. We have no righteousness of our own. Feet shod in the gospel of faith. Shield of faith. Have faith in God. Helmet of salvation. Sword of the spirit. The word made flesh. When we put on the whole armor of God, my friends, of God, we're actually putting on Jesus Christ. So let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no, no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Romans 13, 13 and 14. When we put on Christ, we are covered with the armor and the enemy can't get to us. Now I'm talking about the way of releasing the power of Jesus Christ so the one who's inside of us can be manifested on the outside. When we place the belt of truth, verse 14, the belt, a piece of armor that's wrapped around the waist, two purposes. It held the soldier's clothing next to his body to keep him free from entanglement during the battle. It strengthened and protected the loins, organs, and reproduced the dispel of waste. The truth is Christ and the word of God. Hallelujah. John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. And the glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy truth, thy word is truth. When you put on the full armor of God, you're, you're appropriating truth to allow you to fight without any reluctance in the battle. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth, glory to God, shall make you free. Protect your witness so you can continue to reproduce yourself in God. We reproduce after our kind. If we're not in truth, we're going to give birth to something that's not right. Help you release in spiritual waste, falsehood, lies, deceit out of your life. The truth is what keeps us from being tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, every slight of men, and the cunning craftiness whereby they, the, they lie in wait to deceive. Ephesians 4 and 14. The breastplate of righteousness, a breastplate covering the body from the neck to the thigh, used to protect the heart. <coughs> this speaks of righteousness in our hearts and how it must be protected. You see, righteousness is something imputed. There's none righteous. So when we come to Christ, he imputes it, uh, our righteousness through the blood. Through the blood. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made righteous of God in him, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, must be put on. We must strive for the righteousness of Christ. This is where the charismatic miss it. 
They only see it as something that's imputed and not as something we must put on, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, uh, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. See, we couldn't work our way to salvation. But now, now that we've saved, we must strive to live a life that's pleasing to our Lord. For grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worthy lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present world. The Gospel of Peace, verse 15. Shod, a shoe, a sandal made with the nails that gripped the slippery ground was a sign of readiness to go into battle at any time. When you have your feet shod, you're prepared to go whenever and wherever. Jesus is ready to walk out his life through us every single day. Are you ready? Are you really ready? I mean, look around you. Look what's going on in the streets of America and around the world. Are you really, truly ready? Put him on and say, today, wherever he leads, I will follow. I'm going to march into battle and share the gospel with somebody today. Self-help books don't work. The only real self-help book is the word of God, the gospel. It's the only message that can change your life. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, Romans 1 and 16, and the shield of faith, verse 16. <coughs> a shield, a huge defensive weapon carried to protect the body from the fiery darts thrown by the enemy. The darts were dipped in a pitch and set afire, so when they struck his soldier, they burned him up. Satan has his fiery darts, but we've got a shield. Psalms 3 and 3. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and my lifter. Psalms 33, 20. Our soul waiteth for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. Psalms 84, 11, For the Lord God is the sun and the shield. When you pick up the shield of faith, you're placing Christ between you and the fiery darts of the devil. And our faith in God intercepts the temptation, the plots, and the schemes of the devil. I don't care what the devil throws. Have faith in God. Say it with me. Have faith in God. Say it again. Have faith in God. And the helmet covering the head and the mind of the soldier. The head is very important. It wounded. It prevents the soldier from being able to wage a good warfare. Satan attacks our salvation through our mind. He assaults our thought life to capture and ensnare us. Satan will do everything to penetrate your mind with lies. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, Romans 8 and 6. We must allow the Spirit of Christ to cover our minds, Romans 12 and 2, and be not comforted to this world, but, ye, but be ye transformed. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, casting down imaginations in every high that are exalted itself. Ephesians 4 and 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversations that old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be ye renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which hath God after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And finally, the sword, the sword, 
the sword of the spirit, but an offensive and defensive weapon used to protect, fight off, and slay. The sword of the spirit is the word. By using the word, we can protect ourselves from an onslaught of the enemy, win the battle in the day of the day. Even Jesus Christ used the word against Satan. Turn this stone into bread, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Throw yourself down, and the angels will catch you. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. If you worship me, you can have whatever you want. It is written, You shall worship the Lord our God, and him alone shall you serve. If you'll get a tight grip on the word of God and refuse to put it down, you'll win this battle. I want you to understand today, it doesn't work without prayer. The whole armor of God in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Follow me, he says, follow me. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. I want you to understand what we started out with in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. These are trying times, my friend. Trying times. If you look around you, you will hear God's word in what's going on in the streets of America today and around the world. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual weirdness, uh, wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt, about you with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which the word of God, praying always with all power and supplication in the spirit, watching thereunto with all preservance and supplication of all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly and take, make known the mystery of the gospels, for which I am the ambassador, and both therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. This is a time, this is a very important time in today's world. I pray you, therefore, that you would listen, that you would come boldly before the throne of God in prayer and pray with us at our 11 o'clock hour. If you enjoyed today's message, I ask you to come and support this broadcast ministry, this prayer ministry, and help us to keep on the air. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, I invite you to come say this sinner's prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I've sinned against you and I've sinned against men, sinned against others. Right now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. 
I believe that you died and was resurrected. I ask you to come into my life and change me as I come to serve you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. My friend, if you say, said that simple prayer, I ask you, just find a, a local church, Bible-believing church, ask them to baptize you. They may be closed up, but there'll be a number that you can reach them, ask them to baptize you for your remission of your sins. And find a church that is, is open or that could maybe do an online streaming Bible study. If not, uh, continue to listen to our broadcast here at spiritualawareness.net. We'd love to have you listen and uh, uh, just welcome to the family of God. For now, this is Pastor Davenport. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you until he brings us back once again. God bless you. The Lord loves you.